Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Marhefka, and I am excited to bring you the following conversations with some of the most interesting people I have ever met. When I set out to start recording the Fully Expressed Podcast, my intention was not to be the biggest, the most listened to, the most profitable podcast, but my intention was to be the most vulnerable podcast. And so as I interview our guests, my desire is to bring up stories and share experiences that they haven't shared before or they don't share regularly, to let us into their world even deeper so that we may learn and grow from their stories. And so far, we've certainly done that. Please check out all the episodes we've recorded on Spotify, iTunes, and all the other platforms. And if you love this show, please leave us a review, let me know, and also share this with a friend who you think might enjoy it. Lastly, if you want to support this show, please go over to trainingcampforthesoul.com. Training Camp for the Soul is my company where we do emotional healing, inner child work, and we teach people how to truly transform their lives. This show is completely funded by Training Camp for the Soul, so if you want to support me in the show, please go check out everything we have to offer over there. If you want to see the show notes and anything more about this podcast, go to chrismarhefka.com slash fully expressed. And then lastly, go over and follow me on the Instagram at chrismarhefka, where I share my own personal stories vulnerably, openly, and honestly. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Expressed Podcast. Today is going to be the release of my first solo cast episode. So as I've been joined by a guest for the last 25 episodes, this is going to be just me solo. And I've got to be honest, I am more nervous about this one than I have for the other 25. And uh, that is because, of course, the spotlight is on me and not on our amazing guest. And the topic of this solo cast is one that came highly requested and I think comes at a really great time as we're all sitting and contemplating our new year, stepping into 2022, as this will air right at the beginning of the year. And this is a deep dive, a reflection, a contemplation, if you will, of my recent trip down to Colombia to sit with a medicine uh, called Yahe, more commonly known as ayahuasca. And this episode, I'm going to be sharing vulnerably about my experience and my experience alone. That's if I were to give one, that is my disclaimer. This is not a podcast to convince you of anything. <laughs> it's not to believe anything that I say. It's really just a reflection of my own experience and a sharing of some of the lessons that I have come to as a result of this experience in the hopes that some of these lessons will also apply to you. I imagine they may. And sharing some of the process along the way to get to those lessons. And I do have some notes. And I will say that no matter what I do on this one-hour podcast, it will not capture the spirit, the essence, and the full experience of what happened. I mean, it's impossible. It's impossible to even put into words yet I'm going to try. And I have some notes to, <laughs> my intention is to hit all of the major points and like do a good job for you all. And also <laughs> trusting that whatever comes out is the right things, the best expression of this. So I'm letting go of that right now and allowing the next hour to be just a free flow of what comes to me, what comes through me. And yeah, that's it. Let's do it. Let's dive in. So the first thing I wanted to do was start with some of my intentions, which brought me on this trip to this specific ceremony in this specific way, this specific time. And yeah, I'll share some intentions. <laughs> the first one being in no particular order, the best way for my gifts to be shared for the betterment of humanity. This one comes from a deep desire in me to be of service to share the amazing gifts that I have blessing gratitude to receive and, and to be the steward of in this lifetime. 
And honestly, it comes from a place of wanting to do better and wanting to do better for myself, my family, my community, and for the world. And was seeking some clarity around how I can continue to best offer these gifts for those things. Two, to feel deeper, all of the feels, <laughs> specifically the ones I want to feel, love, gratitude, joy, oh, check. <laughs> um, but really all of them. And that was my intention. I mean, many of you know, the work that I do is around teaching people how to feel, how to feel deeper, how to feel more fully and accept all those feelings. And I will say that there are times when I even feel like an imposter because I'm still in this process for myself. Three years ago, I would not have identified with feeling anything and honestly wore it like a badge of honor in some way. And through the process of deep healing work, a lot around the work I did with Training Camp for the Soul and now offered to others in that company, really started to tap into my own felt sense. And the last three years have been a process. And I asked the medicine to show me how to feel even deeper. Three, to tap into my creative well. I have been feeling a deep deep calling to create more in the world, uh, create more unique expressions. And yeah, I'll get into that one when I, when I start diving in (laughs) to reintegrate the masculine into my life, specifically the, the focused disciplined masculine. This was something that I would say in a lot of ways defined who I was for the first 32 years of my life. I was the definition of focused and disciplined. And when I started doing this deeper healing work, this emotional work, and I started feeling like the nurturing softness, beauty of the feminine, it felt really good. (laughs) And honestly, I needed to spend some time in it. I needed to go to that end of the spectrum. And in a lot of ways, when I started integrating and healing my feminine, I rejected, honestly, a lot of the parts of the masculine that I had lived my life in. And I've really been knowing like deeply inside of me, it's time to reintegrate those parts and to show up in a way that is truly balanced of both the masculine and the feminine. And yeah, to bring back the gifts, which honestly, while there were a lot of shadows in the way I was living my life for 32 years, like I learned the gift of working hard. I learned the gift of setting and sticking to a vision and a plan. I learned the gift of moving through discomfort and continuing to go and work towards that vision. And I did that in so many areas of my life. And for, like I said, a few years, I've rejected that part of myself. And so I was calling it back in. And it's been a process over the last six months for me, but this really this journey, this trip really helped to fully reintegrate it. Next, to have deeper compassion and understanding of others, of the world, of the unique journey that we call life, understanding of the universe. And yeah, I don't know if I need to say more on that one. Just deeper compassion and understanding. I find myself one that identifies with having that. And also knowing that on the spectrum, I can continue to seek more. I noticed it come up many times over the last couple of years as it related to observing people making decisions with their body and their health and their families that were so drastically different than decisions that I would make or that I was making. And it found me in a place of judgment of others, honestly. And judging how they could possibly X, Y, Z, dot, dot, dot. And I've actually spent over a year in the unwinding over that. It's a mentors that were helping me with that process. And I do feel like a really deep sense of compassion for so many people and also the desire to continue to heal uh, next, to heal some chronic injuries and what I believe are largely psychosomatic. I'll go into those more later. And to further, lastly, to further awaken my gifts that I am stewarding in this lifetime. Anyone that has worked with me, that has been facilitated by me, coached by me, I imagine you know a little bit of what I'm talking about. But 
there's like a really a deep sense of gifts that I haven't yet been able to explain or understand that I am continuing to cultivate and practice and deepen. And honestly, this was one of the big callings that I was getting just intuitively was that there is a, some things that need to be awakened in you for this particular time and check as well. I'll go into that later. (laughs) I'm going to have some fun with myself on this podcast. All right, let's go. All right. So those are some of my intentions and honestly putting off recording this podcast. Honestly, I've been putting it off. I was putting it off because there was a part of me that wanted to deliver some like grand gesture, some like grand contemplation of all this. Like there was this like massive thing that happened and like, I want to share it with you all. And a part of me was like searching for that in a way to like deliver this podcast, this culmination of my experience in this extravagant way. (laughs) And frankly, as I was sitting down and jotting some notes down, what felt like more accurate and true for me was that there is, at least for me and where I was at, like there was nothing grand that wanted to be delivered to me. And I think I, (laughs) for a bit of my journey, I was like seeking for some like grand understanding. And yet everything that came to me, even though I hadn't thought of it that way or contemplated that way or hadn't seen it that way, it didn't feel grand. It felt like this truth was already within me. And like now I was just consciously seeing what was always there. And so I think there was a process of like continuously like searching for something like grand and more. And I was like, oh, that actually makes sense. Like that's nothing. Like that. uh, So even when we were getting into like the deepest stretches of like the nature of the universe and reality, like it was all like just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like that's not grand. And so I think what I was getting to was many of my lessons feel very uh, simple and yet they landed in a completely new way for me. And that's why I wanted to share some of these learnings and lessons that I took from this experience without giving you the experience itself. I want to take you through some of the lessons. And the first one that came through loud and clear on, on day one, almost immediately was express yourself. (laughs) Ironic not ironic at all that that's the name of this podcast is fully expressed is when I set out to do this podcast, that was really the intention with full authentic, vulnerable expression and grandmother, we call uh, I, basically laughed at me. She's like, you're not fully expressing yourself in the most loving way. It was like, yeah, like, and you too. And the words that came through really loud and clear were the world wants more of you. And specifically, your voice is a gift. Like your voice is a gift and share it openly, freely. And I've never, like, not maybe not never, but I, I don't currently doubt the place where my words are coming from. I, I believe that now at the place that I'm in, it is truly authentic and like this desire to do good. That's never been the doubt. but. It's true that I've been withholding some expressions, some words, and it came through in many ways. Honestly, it came through channeled things that I've never channeled before, beings, entities. Uh, <laughs> I've chan- channeled languages that I haven't channeled before. I sang like really deeply to the point to where I actually lost sense of my body when I was singing, it was like some combination of medicine, music, mantra, opera. It was really unique and beautiful. And fortunately, there was a few of my best friends were there to witness and my partner was there to witness this. And unanimously, everyone was like, damn, Chris, you got to sing more. Damn, Chris, open up that mouth, which brought me so much joy to be witnessed in it. Because honestly, that was that was what was holding me back and specifically around music that I wanted to come back to that because music in the story in my head where it was like the freest, most authentic expression, the most like vulnerable and because of that, the most vulnerable expression. 
And so there was always a piece of me about expressing musically. And so I've been working over the last year to unwind that and learning the guitar. And, and I know I shared with you guys my first ever freestyle experience and I shared it on Instagram and now singing, singing has definitely been, and I talked about this with uh, Stephanos on a previous episode, how there's like a deep fear that was there with that. And honestly, over the four days that we were there, I was singing almost every day and was so freeing to be honest. That's the word I would say. It was freeing and affirming as well. And so, yeah, just generally express yourself and holding back or withholding that expression doesn't just hurt you. And I'm speaking for me. It doesn't just hurt me. It hurts those that don't get to hear and appreciate that gift. And I think that's a message that we all can hear and relate to is like when we have something coming from our heart, coming from this place, whether it's some intuitive hate you have or it's an impromptu song or just uh, like a kind, kind words for another person like, oh, like, wow, you look radiant today. Sharing that rather than withholding it. So, yeah, expressing fully. <laughs> glad i had to go down to columbia to learn the lesson of my podcast <laughs> second one and these are in no particular order this is just as i was journaling this one hit me like a ton of bricks <laughs> and like i say it it seems so simple but it's really hit me hard that i am always the one who is holding myself back always and this one came to me it actually wasn't in like a judgmental way. It was very matter of fact. And when I worked, when I processed through it, it was actually very expansive. So like when I initially heard that it was con- it like, it definitely contracted me and it was like, came through as like a judgmental, like you're holding yourself back. And as I was processing through it, it was more of, yeah, I think about it like a golf cart, the governor on the golf cart at the racetrack. It's like you are always the governor of your speed, of your growth, of your expansion. And what started out as like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm doing it. it. The realization was like, yeah, in every way, in every capacity, what I think is possible is always the limiting factor. And this came to me in really practical ways, like where I would uh, I'll use this podcast as an example, like I would come up with an intuitive hit to like invite this person on, but I'm not like really close with them, but I know they have wisdom to share and it would really be a great episode. And I would go through this process. Well, oh, they're too big for my show. They've got better things to do. Like, oh, I don't know them that well. And in a really practical way, like I was just holding myself back from what will be like incredible conversations and episodes that will be listened by thousands of people and you guys. And that was just a really practical example, but it was freeing for me because it became just a choice. And so at any point I find myself in these stuck places and ironically, this is the work that I do. It's literally in finding things that people are stuck in and unstucking them, (laughs) these limiting beliefs. And so it just hit on a different level, on a level that was it felt more of like a gift to like know it this way than a constantly trying to overcome this fact. And I don't know if I have much more to say about it, but it was like this anything is possible type of energy, if, if you will. It's like, okay, anything's possible. And just know that like you're going to govern yourself in basically what you can hold and like what you're ready to believe and understand now. But it's all possible. And so if you want to take the governor off, like take the governor off and see what happens. And so like I'm actually in the action process of doing that, of taking the governor off and just seeing what happens. And so I'm taking some radical actions that are I'm expecting to get no's. Like that's actually my goal is like I'm going out. I'm like, if I don't get no's, I'm not trying hard enough. Uh, And this is ironically something I coach, like I say often when I coach. It's like, go out and seek no's. That means you're finding, you're trying hard enough. <laughs> you're going out there. You're not constraining yourself. So yeah, always the one holding myself back. All right. These transitions are just flawless. Next one. <laughs> 
reintegrating the masculine. And I touched on this in the intentions and uh, these all really will intertwine together and they intertwine with the intentions, but specifically the fierce, unwavering warrior archetype. And I shared about this in my story in the past of how I've put that on the rejected it, like pushed it to the back. And it came in in not the way that I expected at all, as these things oftentimes do, but it reaffirmed in a really gentle, subtle way that like how important that archetype is right now, how important it is for people that are willing to take a stand for their values and if necessary, fight for them. It also took me through a journey of all the ways the warrior is is misunderstood or, or I misunderstood it. It was either like a collective misunderstanding or the ways that I was misunderstanding it. And also the ways in which the warrior doesn't care that they're misunderstood. In fact, they don't even notice because they're so driven, so deep in a moral code and a value system that anything that's judging that or like anything that doesn't understand that isn't even on the radar. It's just so laser focused towards this. It was like this deep, deep sense. And I felt it viscerally in my body. It was like the willingness to fight and pay the ultimate price to die, to like really go to every length to defend what you believe in, whether that be your family, your partner, your kingdom, your purpose and what you're doing in the world. But like, I felt this like deep all in this that I don't think that I've felt in a long time. And I think when I felt it in the past, the all inness on things, it was always more of a cognitive all inness. Like I'm going all in in my mind in this and going all in on this logical plan that I've set. But this was like a really deep, visceral all inness. And it's this like fire that I have suppressed in any person that's been around me some of my closest friends like know this fire energy that comes out in me (laughs) whether it be on the dance floor or like in breathwork session or whatever where just like full permission is there and it was just a really clear there was a clear just there's more opportunities for this and when I saw like how that is actually the energy underneath of that warrior archetype is just a love it gave me such a different perspective for the fight and the fire and not intentional confrontation, but a really strong standing, standing firm. And like the foundation of that, the energy underneath of it is just love. And it gave me the permission because probably don't need to explain it further, but it was like this rejecting because I didn't want to be seen as like this uh, aggressive, like always fighting and like, like overly competitive. And like, this, this is the person who I was. And I think I was living, I know I was living in a lot of the shadows of it. And everyone said, like a lot of people that I knew, like would describe me as like too intense. And like, I didn't want to be that version anymore, but this gave me a deeper respect for it and admiration and understanding that when it comes from love, like it's never too much. In fact, the world needs a shit ton more right now. And what an opportunity to be a model for that in my life. So with that, the warrior uh, archetype, there was also a lot of just archetypical masculine feminine understanding that was happening for me in this process. And one thing that came through was embracing the embracing and loving, like getting excited about the never ending and impossible pursuit of the masculine. I made a post about this and I think someone said something like, you're making it seem like this to be this, they said perfect. I didn't use those words, but this perfect masculine, it's impossible and it may discourage people. And I said something that I don't know if it was before or after this, but I responded and said that it's not about perfection. It's about the pursuit towards it that makes us great. And that came through so clear because it it was showing me like how the pursuit actually is impossible. So like, for example, and I'll 
show you what, I'll tell you what I was doing is it was just challenging me to bring in more focus, direct the awareness. And so I was looking at uh, just like one leaf on a tree, like maybe 200, 100, 200 feet away. I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. And just like laser focused on it. And it was, it seemed like everything in nature's power was happening to distract me from this leaf. Like everything, the sounds, the noises, the sights, the colors, the everything. And of course, everything's exaggerated on Yahe, but it would be focus, focus, like really all, everything that I had to like stay focused. And then awareness would drift, attention would drift just for like a split second. And then it was like, okay, bring it back. And then that would happen over and over again. I was doing this for, I don't even know how long, but for a good portion of it, I was like willing my way through it. It was almost like a stubbornness to it. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do this. And it gradually like started to finally see like what was happening. It's like, no, if you view it from this like difficult, challenging you're fighting the process, it's always going to be exhausting because the pursuit is, it's impossible to reach the end. Because guess what? Okay, you're focusing. Okay, focus harder. Focus on like the groove of the leaf 100 feet away. Okay, now you focus for five minutes, focus for six minutes, focus for 50 minutes. What I'm saying is it's impossible. And the fighting of that impossibility will always be exhausting. And I think that is where I was living in. And it was like, no, like love the, like love this part of the process. Get excited about the pursuit. Get excited when the feminine nature, she throws you off because it's another opportunity to train coming back. It's not about the getting thrown off. It's about the coming back. And it's about getting laser focused, getting right back into it and holding that and not judging for the dance of the feminine that comes and whatever gets your attention for a moment and it's enjoyable because it's a lot easier to be following the the flight of the hummingbird in front of the leaf it was i'm serious it was like she was doing everything to distract me there's hummingbirds dancing right in front of my leaf and i'll get to the hummingbirds later there's another story there but (laughs) so yeah like really deeply, deeply love the process. And it was almost as if like some deep past life ancestral shit was reactivated in me that I know I've had because I remember that the years of training when I was an athlete and it was like, okay, this is the plan. I remember I used to get excited when I was racing Ironman and I would program my Garmin watch. I was like, oh, today? oh, we're doing four by four minutes at this level of intensity. I was like, oh yeah. Like I would get pumped about that. And then like when the watch would click on when I was running, oh, I was like, oh, it's go time. It's like go for four minutes, like hard. And then like there was always the times where it would be like, oh, by nature of an increasing program, like there was, I hit limits and I would hit the limits. I was like, okay, cool. That's it. But it was, I remember just being excited about those things and being excited about just the ability to go out and do these things and continue stretching myself and celebrating like shaving one second off of this interval or whatever it may be. And it was just that process. No one knew about it. No one ever heard about it. It was just like, yeah, the pursuit of excellence towards this thing. And that was something that, uh, yeah, like I said, I rejected and have brought back in. And I'm in the process of reintegrating. And with that, sorry if this seems like a meandering through things, but the integrity that comes with it, because again, in the day of Instagram, like if you didn't post your 10 mile run on Instagram, it didn't happen, right? No, in this journey, in this process that I'm describing, it's really an internal integrity. And there's a big difference between dropping something or someone And that's enough for today, or I'm done for today. There's a big difference between those two. There's a big difference between I'm listening to my body and I just don't feel like it. Those are very different things. And what I'm speaking to is there is a time 
to lean on the structure to do what's uncomfortable. That's what it's there for. And yes, there's a time to listen to your body, to follow those signals. And sometimes those signals that are arising are holding you back. And so it's not a clear right or wrong. It's like, okay, today, I used plenty of examples. Like, am I skipping my workout because I'm listening to my body and my body's clearly saying like, don't go do that. Do whatever. Do some Qigong eats instead. Or am I skipping my workout because I just don't feel like working hard today? Am I eating unconsciously? I'll go there. Am I eating unconsciously? And just because like I don't feel like having the discipline to say no to this meal or to choose something healthier, or is this just a conscious choice to indulge in this thing because it's what I want in this moment? So there's a lot of ways where it's like hitting snooze in the morning. It's like, okay, there's a time when you need to rest and consciously choosing to sleep an extra hour and maybe remove your schedule around so you get an extra hour of sleep because you're feeling destroyed. And there's a difference between that and waking up and hitting snooze a dozen times because you don't want to take on the day. So I don't know where I was going with that, but cool. Yeah, and a lot around the dance between the masculine and the feminine and particularly around like enjoying it, enjoying the polarity of those things that are within each of us. And just like they're both doing their job. <laughs> that's that's like what came through really clear for me is like, yeah, when that masculine is showing up just like hard and fast and like rigid and this is the way like it's doing its structured job. And when the feminine's chaotic and throwing it off and emotional and it's like it's doing its job. And all of these things that I was judging myself over was only because it was like not what I wanted in that moment. It was like, oh, that's actually what I needed. And with that, I had this deep, deep honoring of the process of the feminine, both in human form and just in general in nature. And just like a deeper beauty for everything. And I'll, I'll get into nature because a nature was intertwined through so much of my journey. But Wow, so much deep honoring for the feminine and the process of bringing life into the world and for the what feels like the selfless act of doing so and for just the selfless act of, of like being there with unconditional love and nurturing and thank you. <laughs> and also, this one's edgy for me, but... I also got to experience the embodiment of it, the, the feminine and uh, that unconditional love. And I got to experience it in my journey. I was fortunate that my partner decided to join me on this trip and we went together and there was uh, so many beautiful moments. There's one in particular that's coming to mind where she was across the garden and she, I was on the other side and it was, it was kind of like an in-between time where Hadn't yet gone in for a second round, but we were all somewhat out of it and hanging out, smoking a cigar with my buddy Danny. We were laughing and joking, kind of talking about what was there and like just like our deep love for being in the ceremony space. And I turned around and across the garden, she comes out of this uh, other shelter area and uh, dressed in all white and like flowing like an angel. And simultaneously, I felt without thought, without anything, just simultaneously felt this like lengthening of my spine, this like up, this like pulling up in like my whole structure aligned in like perfect posture. And at the same time, simultaneously like felt my chest open out and infinitely. She actually said that she felt the moment that happened, like from across the garden, like hundreds of feet away. And this huge, huge smile on, on her face. And it just like warmed my heart and, and lit me up. And it was like this, just uh, further this deep gratitude in addition to the archetypical feminine, like just the gratitude for all the women and the feminine. And I should say the people that embodying the feminine in my life, feminine bodied individuals that I'm so grateful to have in my life. And the un 
unconditional love and acceptance. It's something that I like deeply, deeply strive to embody. So thank you for all the, those that have shown and modeled that for me. That was a bit edgy for me. (laughs) And let's get into nature. Now we're talking about the mothers and the feminine and nature. There were so many, uh, so many connections with nature. I'm just going to share a few and some of the lessons that came with this. The first one, I'll go back to the hummingbirds. And this one was one as I was doing my focus, attention, practice. The hummingbirds were dancing. And one of the things that did actually distract my attention, I was watching them. And I started watching them. I gave myself like a little bit of forgiveness and watching them. Beautiful. And then one of them, they were just like flying fast all over the place. It was like really fun and exciting to watch. And then one of them just slammed into this post and fell on the ground and just motionless. And the other one hovered around it for a couple seconds and then just flew away. And I later went over to it and it was definitely dead. But uh, there was, uh, as I was watching it, I was actually watching it motionless for a while and it felt like the most, like I, I was initially like very sad and like overcome with grief for this beautiful hummingbird. And I, of course, had no connection to this hummingbird, but it was just gave me its gift of beauty and flight for a few moments. And then I watched it literally die and I watched it twitch and then stop moving. And there was initial grief. And then like I continued to watch it. And almost as if on cue, it was, it was on like a little bit of a slope. There was a pond there and almost on on cue as I was watching it, it just rolled there. Nothing, I don't know, wind maybe blew it, but it just rolled into the pond and nature took it back and recycled it like in that moment. And it felt like this acceptance of the intertangling of the spiritual and human experience like in one moment because in our human self like we have these emotions and we have this grief and I have this sadness over what just happened and and like simultaneously just this pure acceptance for like oh it's just taking off once that how many bird was just taking off one set of clothes and they're going to be putting back on another one and it was almost like nature went on without skipping a beat because she did and that's what she does every moment of every day in every inch of the world of our planet and it's only like when we judge the process like we think it should be going a certain way like i didn't want that hummingbird to die and at first i was like damn like what like what's the lesson and i was like immediately i was like oh this is a lesson and yeah take that for what you'll take out of it but for me it just came as just a pure acceptance for we're all just parts of this natural cycle of life. And this natural cycle is much grander than any one of us can possibly understand as humans. I believe we can feel some sense of it uh, from a soul perspective, from a spiritual perspective. And I imagine many people listening to this podcast have some experience of that. But from a human perspective, we can't fathom the systems that are at play. Like I constantly found myself walking around this property, this garden, and just all the things that are happening that I would never notice if I wasn't going so slow and observing so slow and just sitting and watching. I would just be watching leaves and I would be watching leaves for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I don't know what time is. And then this leaf that I've been watching it, watching this whole time opens and in fact what i thought was a leaf looking up in the tree has been a butterfly the whole time and it just opens his wings and it's just like this is all happening all around us at all times and all the billions of creatures that are beneath our feet and the bacterias and all these different species it's like we get so attached to this a (laughs) us as humans understanding it like if we don't get it, it can't possibly exist, right? <laughs> if our massive human brains like can't grasp this, like, yeah, there was a lot of that. It's just like nature blowing me wide open left and right. There was a moment where I was like having this like, conversation with Mother Nature. Her 
talking. She was blowing wind and we were whispering back and forth. And, and I was like, oh, just like I was in this almost like a shameful state with nature, Mother Nature. And I was like, oh, I really wish we were doing better. I was like, I know like we can do better. And I was just like really sharing. I was like, I know we're, we're harming you and like we're not treating you right. And like there's so much that I could individually do better. And I think I said something like we're destroying you or something like that. He's just maybe some dramatic word like that. I'm like we're destroying you and I worry about it. And, and or maybe it was even grander like there. Like I think we're going to destroy you. I don't know. Something like that. I, that's what it was actually. And uh, I think we're going to destroy you. And like a wise grandmother, she just said, she's like, oh, sweet child. She's like, thank you for worrying about me. And thank you for your care. It's like, but sweet, sweet child. She's like, I'm going to be okay. She's like, it's you that you should be worried about. Because even when I become inhabitable to humans, I'm going to take myself back. Like I'm going to regenerate the way that I always have and always will continue to. And it was like this, it like flipped my perspective completely. It was like, oh, actually, like all of this, like, I don't know, I say like environmentalists, like I, I obviously like have a deep care for mother nature, but it's always been from this, like, oh, we have to save her. Like, oh, we've got to save our planet. And it was like this really drastic switch of like, no, you are actually destroying your home that you live in and your home will soon be uninhabitable and your home will still be there, but like you can't live in it anymore. And I was like, oh shit, we're in this like savior complex of thinking that we can save mother nature, this grand divine design and we're going to be the ones to save her. Like, no, we're all of our efforts are to save ourselves and to save this place we call our home and that we've gotten really comfortable here. And maybe it's time to start making a little bit more uncomfortable decisions so that we can be around here a little longer and that our kids and our grandkids and their kids can enjoy this heaven on earth place that we have, like this literally garden of Eden. And she told me so many times throughout the week, she's like, Honey, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> She's like, sweetie, I'm going to be fine. She's like, worry about you. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. Because I do know we, we can do better. And it was just this really shift from like, oh, we're not doing better for her. It's like, we need to do better for us. Like, we can't mother someone else. Like, we can't take care of someone else because we haven't even proven we can take care of ourselves. And that was like, oh, okay. So where can I take care of myself a little bit better? Where can I act in more integrity with my values around the earth and conserving resources and not creating more than I consume and reciprocity and all these things. So yeah, mother nature. <laughs> oh, the ant story. I have to share the ant story. And it's not going to do justice. I actually took about an hour to tell this story because it was like an hour long experience, but I was on Yahoo. So, <laughs> so there was a time when I came back in the Maloka and there's this primitive fireplace here and there's always a fire going and oh, there's some logs on uh, one or two logs on the, this small fire. And I'm just watching the fire. I have always been attracted to it and I'm watching it dance and, out of one of the logs, there's like a, almost like a hole at the end of the log. And uh, out of this hole comes one ant. And I'm watching this ant and just like doing its thing, running about. Like, oh, damn, you know you're in a fire, right? And he wasn't quite in the fire. He was just outside the fire. But his end of the log was not in the fire yet. And I was like, oh, dude, you're in a fire. And then the second ant comes out. I was like, oh, you and your buddy are in a fire. <laughs> and then a third one comes out. I was like, oh, man. There's a bunch of ants in this hole. And then there's like a fourth one. I was like, oh man, there's a lot of ants. And then all of a sudden the floodgates open. And this is over a period of minutes. All of a sudden, though, just hundreds of ants are pouring and flooding out of this hole. And I see the smoke starting to come out of this hole. And I was like, oh, it's burning from the inside out. Like it's just starting to heat up. And this is like their home getting evacuated. And as they're getting evacuated, like 
chaos is breaking out. Obviously, their home's on fire. And they're running about and going crazy. And there's like categories of ants. They're like, they're all doing different. They're all starting at chaos. And then they all start to like organize the chaos in different ways. One group (laughs) turns, they're like spinning in circles and like they turn around and they go underneath the log that they just came out of. And there's like a bunch of them and they're all moving together as one and they hunker down underneath this log and they just stop and they like stay there. And I'm like watching these ants. I'm like, wow, they're really close to the fire. And I'm just like picturing them in their heads. Like, guys, we just got to like hold it down. Like, this is the new normal now. Like, we're just going to be here. We just got to hunker down away for this to pass. And I'm watching them hunker down. And over this period of a few minutes again, the fire's growing and it's burning this log that they're under. And I see the ants in the back row are starting to literally melt. They're like crinkling up like raisin. They're crinkling up and they're starting to melt. And then the next row and the next row and they're all just staying there and they're literally getting burned alive. And I'm like, whoa, I was like, why don't you guys move? Why don't you do something? And while I'm like watching this in disbelief, my eyes are wide open. They're like, I'm watching them being burned alive. I turn over to one of the medicine women and I'm looking and I'm like, there was a language barrier. What I was communicating to her was like, should we do something? Like we're just watching hundreds of ants just die here. And she just gives this like shrug of the shoulders as if to say like, nature's going to do what it's going to (laughs) do. So I go back and watching in the next category of ants, they're getting to the cliff and the edge of this chimney fireplace thing. And And it's not a long way down, but they get to the edge and they're like, oh, that's too far. Not going to jump. And some of them are like turned around and they run back into the fire and they just die. And then like one guy, we call him Steve, Steve jumps off the edge. And at first he hits the ground and he stumbles around a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't know if Steve just killed himself. But and then Steve like kind of gets his composure and he's like, fine. Then he starts doing his little ant things down below. And like, I'm watching him like looking up and like, I'm just imagining him calling to his friends. He's like, yo guys, it's fine. Don't get burned alive. Come over, take the leap to jump down. And you can see like maybe another one comes off and then, but like a lot of them turn around and they like go back into the chaos and they just like, won't take the leap. They're just too afraid to take this leap. And again, I'm humanizing all of this, but you take with this, whatever you will, this was like all of civilization explained in ant colony. So a lot of them are going back. Some of them are jumping off, starting this little new community down below, like no fire down there. And then in the chaos, like there's still ants like running around chaos, like constantly. Cause like they're pinned in by fire and an edge. And if they won't jump off the edge, they're like feeling the fire and they're running around chaos. And then all of a sudden, like I'm watching and there's, Oh, they had carried all of their larvae out. They carried their babies out from the log. <laughs> and they, a lot of them are like carrying them around. Like, what do we do? Oh my God. And one of them just like throws it down and he just sticks his face in it. And I'm watching this. These are big ants, by the way. These are jungle ants. And he starts eating the baby larva inside of this cocoon thing. I'm like, whoa, he's eating babies. And then like, you can see like a few other ants like come around. And they're watching him for a little bit. And I'm just like picturing him. He's like, guys, guys, come on. Dig into this baby right now. And first, it's like a little bit of a question. Like, he's eating babies? And then like another one dives in and starts eating the babies. And then like oh, a third one and the fourth one. And then you can see another group come over. You guys eat babies over here? And they're like, yeah, we're eating babies. And then they like turn around. They're like, guys, I guess we're eating babies now. And then more pods start to throw their babies down. They start to eat them. It's like this group think mentality. And then all of a sudden, all of the babies are on the ground and they're all eating all of the babies. Whatever. Okay. We're eating babies now. And it was just like completely accepted that we're doing this. And I'm sure there's some nature reason for this and survival and resources and everything, but they're eating babies now. And then it was one person comes around and he spots this baby eating and he's like questioning. He's like, guys, are are we eating babies now? And then one of the adult ants just like bites him in his ass and he turns around and another ant bites him in his ass. And then they just start attacking this adult ant, this other adult, kill it, kill it. And they start eating it. And I'm like, damn, 
and I look back at the medicine woman. She just like nodding her head at me. I was like, oh shit. I was like, this is what we do, huh? This is what we do as well. And so they start eating the adult. And so the ones that are eating the babies, half of them are close to the fire. The other half are close to the edge. And as they're eating their babies, they're just like so caught up and consumed in this. The fire starts taking these and they start melting and they start dying. Hundreds, thousands of ants probably. I don't know how to describe this scene. It was just like this chimney fireplace thing covered in these massive jungle black ants and throwing story here. And it was just like this full unraveling of society from the almost like I felt like the God of the ants. And I was just like observing the unraveling and just like watching it all go down. And then also like that came in between the observing and then also this medicine woman that had the most nonchalant attitude about what was happening and me. She was just watching me watch them. It was like, that's when a lot of the compassion and the empathy and like the releasing judgment for like the way people are doing this is like, that was some of their ants needed to go on that journey. Apparently, apparently they needed to be burned alive. And like, that's what they were choosing to do. And I don't know whether it's conscious or not for ants. And I don't know whether it's conscious or not for humans, the decisions that we're making. But frankly, like we all have the free will to choose our path in our life. And I had an opportunity to be really challenged with this. And I actually got really shaky over it when this happened and it was over the holidays and I had a conversation with my sister who has very different beliefs around the state of the world than I do and I was getting really shaky and I knew that like deep in me I wanted to come from a place of love I didn't know I was feeling as we were talking that she was sensing like I wanted to got the feeling that she was sensing that I was trying to convince her of something and there was a part of me that was in that moment And so I was called back to this moment of like deep understanding and compassion for every individual's journey in the cycle of nature and bringing the energy of compassion and empathy into that experience allowed us to not agree, but be connected, if that made sense, and feel the love for each other in disagreement. And I wanted to share that as like a culmination of the ant story into understanding and forgiveness and compassion because we're all ants in a way. We are just another version of ants, maybe more advanced. I don't know. Jury's still out, but we're still doing life the way that we know how to do it. And we're doing the best that we can. And sometimes I didn't like the way some of those ants were acting, to be honest. I was like, yo, you guys can do better. And also, and. That's all just, and is what it is. It is what it is. (laughs) And I wasn't intending to go into this, but that was actually like an under (laughs) undertone of our whole journey. For me, it came through as it is what it is. And for my partner came through as whatever. (laughs) So the whole time we were going, whatever. (laughs) Oh man. Wow. We're definitely at, uh, uh, coming up on an hour and then some. So I want to wrap this up and I'm going to just uh, briefly, briefly share the, what really wrapped up my experience. And, and I had some, these are a little bit longer, but I had some diving into some deeper energetic gifts and really starting to understand our limitations when we only think in the physical and really practicing that in real time and got to get some downloads as the cool kids say on how to better work with energy, which is a lot about the work that I do. And, but what I really wanted to get into was I really want to share this part this really tied up my experience and it was on day four. And this was the day I was really calling in uh, feeling, feeling deeper and specifically more gratitude, more love, more joy. And I was deep in it. I was, I was outside underneath of a tree and I was deep, deep in it. And for those of you who have been there, know what I'm talking about and ride in the waves of it. And it was getting to be a lot. So I like, I got up on my, on my knees and I was like sitting on my heels and it was already feeling like a little bit overwhelming. And I asked for receive <laughs> my like ignorant self. I was like, I want to receive all of the love in the universe. 
It's like my egotistical. <laughs> all of it. Yeah, that's what I want. All of it. And on cue, I start to hear the orchestra of the wind and the insects and the water and the trees. And it all just picks up in concert. And just these waves, these floods of energy of really what felt like love washing over me and I could see it and I could feel it and these red and pink waves. And I was just in my, I don't think I said at this point, I was just feeling, I was like more and more, I was like calling in more and it kept like washing over me. And there was like a point where I was like barely hanging on, barely hanging on. And it was just concert was turning up and getting louder and reverberating like and just something was like let go and i just completely lost that last thread of attachment of like holding on and (laughs) overwhelming sense like my body had never experienced anything like that energy flooding through me and i purged i vomited everywhere and then like sat back on my heels and just like felt this like deep deep unexplainable sense of love and (laughs) And as I do, I brought a little silliness to it. I was like, God, I thought I knew what love was. And this was probably like 0.0001% of like what nature had to give me, what the universe had to give me. But I was like, <laughs> that was all I could handle. And it made me realize like in that moment where I was still trying to hold on to like knowing or to like controlling it or to like being in that, yeah, being in the driver's seat. And that was the really clear message that, again, I am holding myself back from receiving all of the love of the universe. And when that little piece of needing to control is let go of, I can receive more. And it's all there. It's all there and it's all accessible at all times. And it all just needs to be called. It's waiting to be asked for. Like it's waiting to give its gift. The universe is waiting to answer our requests and our commands. It's waiting to give us what we deeply desire. And it's only us in feeling like we need to direct it in the specific controlled way with our minds that is holding us back from just this overwhelming receiving that's possible, this overwhelming well of generous love. And I cried, I burst into tears and even I called it the love bomb. And like, I tried to even explain it to those that were there. And I was like, Whoa guys, like, I don't even know. And probably not even the story. Does it 1% of the justice of the experience that it had for me, but the really strong lesson that was there is, is I, I shared is, is keep opening, like keep opening that gate so that more can come in. And if I am speaking to you, if, if I want more out of life, Where am I keeping the gate closed? And can I open it despite how uncomfortable it may be to open? Like how overwhelming it may be to open like it was in that moment. And can I receive more and continue receiving more? And then my friends was the love bomb. And I am going to wind down this reflection because I feel that's a good place to end. There was a few things that I didn't quite touch on, but this felt complete. It's felt complete. And so I want to thank you all for joining me for the last hour and 15 or so. And again, I dropped in and I had some notes here, but I just shared vulnerably what was there and gave you a little bit of insight into my mental process and my silliness and <laughs> yeah, and, and into the, to my experience. And again, nothing that I shared was to convince you of anything to make you believe anything. And It was just an effort to share and express more fully, which was one of my lessons. So thank you if you hung in there and if you're still there with me, thank you for joining me and receiving that gift of my full expression. This was such a pleasure to do the solo cast and is yet another reminder of opening up that channel and sharing my voice more. So thank you for bearing witness to it. And if you enjoy this podcast, please let me know. I mean, especially this one (laughs) because it was so vulnerable to me.
It really was. And yeah, if you enjoyed this, please let me know. And as always, please, please write a review, share this with someone you think might enjoy it. And as always, if you guys have any questions, you want to connect, you want to share with me, um, the easiest place to reach me is on Instagram. I do respond to my direct messages. I'm not big time <laughs> like that, but it's one of my deepest passions to hear and engage with human beings. So please reach out, please share this. And as always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much from all parts of my heart for being with me on this journey. Thank you for doing your journey the best way that I know you know how. So thank you. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Fully Expressed Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed this vulnerable conversation with our guest. And if you enjoy this show, please leave us a review, share it with a friend, and let me know if this has impacted your life in any way. You can message me directly on Instagram at Chris Marhefka. And also, if you want to support this show, the show is fully funded by my company, Training Camp for the Soul. Go over and check out trainingcampforthesoul.com where you can find out about our online programs, in-person retreats, and lots of free offerings where we're helping people to transform their lives radically and permanently. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you so much for making this dream a reality.